followed by, and if she knows what's good for her, she'll keep her mitts off my laddie. I'll have her for life, Mary Duffy had sighed. She'll die an old maid. Then realising what she had said, she quickly added, No that there's anything wrong with that. Like, if it's what you want. With no reply forthcoming, she had panicked. I mean, no everybody's suited to married life, are they? And she had laughed a little too shrilly, eyes darting about in embarrassment. I sometimes think if I had my life to live out again, I meant no bother. I sometimes think I would have been a hell of a lot better off, in fact. Another troubled cackle. She pressed her ear closer to the door. That was the trouble with whispers. They made you listen, even if you had no real interest. The very fact of the implied secrecy made you feel there was something there you had to hear, or else why whisper at all? The war had finished months ago, and the daily anxiety of families for the safety of their menfolk had given way to excitement and celebrations at first. Then another anxiety had taken over as they waited for husbands, sons and brothers to be demobbed. What would they be like? Would they have changed? As though a gap of six years would leave anyone unchanged, never mind six years of fighting and killing and waiting to be killed. I'll be home any day now, Matt had written, but any day wore on into weeks and the weeks dragged into months and then a year that appeared to stretch in time with your nerves, she often mused. In the aftermath of Germany's surrender, everyone wanted their men home on the next boat or plane, and it seemed like she had already waited longer than the war itself for the heavy tramp of his boots on the stairs, jumping out of her chair by the range, out of her bed in the middle of the night even, and rushing to the door at every sound. Just like now. It was never him. From the moment he went away, it had been like going back in time. The feeling was the same. The way waiting took up your entire life made you live each moment preoccupied with what might or might not be happening in some foreign land. Your heart tightening in your chest every time you saw the telegram boy in the street and the dizzy relief when he passed by your door quickly followed by guilt, because he had brought some family the news you didn't want to hear. Not again. Her hands almost went to cover her ears, a familiar gesture laden with meaning, if you knew alias Maganali, or who she had been, once. She checked herself and placed them softly either side of her head as she leaned against the door again. She had known it wasn't Matt coming home. She'd only jumped out of her seat because she was snatching at any chance, no matter how unlikely, quite prepared to go along with fooling herself. It was courting talk. She had recognised that from those first fumbling noises that had caught her attention before the whispering began. Sadie, for all her wayward morals, respected the decorum of not doing her courting outside her own house, on the top flat of the tenement, where her mother could open her door and see what was going on. 
so she conducted her amorous adventures on the landing below, even though her mother knew perfectly well what was going on down there. Stop it, Sadie was saying, not altogether convincingly. She'll hear you. Who will? he whispered back, playing for time, his hands continuing with what they were up to. Old Nally, the girl hissed. You don't want to upset her, or he'll see to you. From behind the door she sighed and drew back, all interest lost. And even if she found it again, she knew she had missed nothing. The same scene would be reenacted shortly between Sadie and some other man on the make, uniformed or in mufti. They all knew about Sadie. And not just the women. She was pretty sure of that. Pretty sure, too, that Sadie knew it. She was the talk of the local as well as the internet.